All right, Alexander, let's uh, talk about the reports, specifically from the New York Times, but from various other collective West media outlets, that Russian President Vladimir Putin is using back-channel diplomacy in order to try and get a ceasefire or a freeze to the conflict in Ukraine. Basically, Putin is, is boasting about Russia's uh, trajectory towards victory and how Russia is going to look after its interests and is not interested at this moment in dealing with the collective West or negotiating with, uh, with the collective West seeing that it's uh, it's winning this conflict but but uh behind closed doors Putin is actually very keen on getting a freeze or ceasefire to this war in Ukraine uh especially given that he has an election in March 2024 and he wants to try and wrap this whole Ukraine conflict up before the election in 2024. Sounds like a lot of projection to me, to be quite honest. But anyway, what are your thoughts well, it, with uh, all of these articles, specifically the one from the New York Times, I think, caught a lot of people's yeah, attention? Yeah, it is the New York Times article that has triggered this. And by the way, uh, uh, and this is the one point where I do agree with some of the commentaries, I think this New York Times article was carefully inserted and published. And let's we'll talk about the publication, the way this, this kind of article gets published in a moment. It was published because... Um, a Russian aircraft, which belongs to, I think, either the foreign ministry or the Kremlin or something like that, was, uh, anyway, the Russian government went to D.C. and was there for 54 hours. We don't really know what it was doing there. Um, but, of course, um, this article then appears at exactly the time when this aircraft is there. Of course, the U.S. government would know that this aircraft aircraft was on its way because the Russians need to get permission before they can send an aircraft like this. Most likely, as I said, this aircraft was provide, you know, carrying out various um, logistical duties for the Russian diplomatic mission in Washington, D.C., and perhaps the one in New York. Um, <laughs> um, it seems that that kind of thing happens regularly, but, you know, you can spread stories that there's some kind of secret negotiation going on, a team of high-level people have been sent to Washington, that they're speaking with the State Department there. Um, which people? Of course, nobody nobody says. Um, uh, why they would come to Washington in that kind of way? I mean, negotiations aren't arranged in this fashion. Can I say this straight away? I mean, you know, we both, uh, well, you come from a diplomatic family, I, I, I've been involved with people who were in diplomacy. When two great powers want to conduct quiet diplomacy with each other, they don't do it in this fashion. They meet in some third country, um, as happened with Burns and Narishkin last year when they met in Ankara. There's usual feelers and things of that kind, but we don't get a whole big aircraft coming to Washington in that kind of way. So... You 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 then publish this article at the same time as this aircraft is is underway. And when you go and read this article, there's a few things that immediately stand out. The first is that it's clearly an article that has been prompted by someone from the US government. I mean, if you take a step back and think about it, you're not if you're the editor of the New York Times, you're not going to suddenly 
out of nowhere, um, ask one of your a, a, a group of your reporters to go out and investigate whether Putin is making secret feelers to the West, because you've got no reason to think that. So what has happened is that the US government has contacted the New York Times. They've roped in to Russians, who we're told are not serving Russian officials, but have had links with the Kremlin in the past or have links with the Kremlin. We've no idea who these people are. You get all the usual international diplomats to join in, presumably most of them British. And you spin a story. And when you look at the story, it is unbelievably vague. It is completely contradictory. We hear about these back channel contacts between the Russians and the Americans to try and agree for the Russians wanting to agree a ceasefire. We've had comments now from Russian officials, all of them saying this is not true. And we've had this article itself telling us that when they contacted Peskov himself, Putin's spokesman, and they put all this to him, this is the New York Times, he said this isn't true. <laughs> None of this is happening. You know, we, we, our, our president has said already we are going to proceed until all the objectives, we're going to continue until all the objectives set out at the start of the special military operation are achieved. But what this article does is it again floats this idea of the ceasefire, the freezing of the conflict along the current front lines, the armistice, if you like, um, in advance of elections. And of course, it's not the Russian elections in March. It's the American elections in November that are the concern. And can I just say, there's been a very interesting interview that Sergei Lavrov gave to Dmitry Chenin and others a couple of days ago, which I think explains and provides the explanation for all that's going on. And Lavrov didn't talk about this particular incident, this particular episode, because he hadn't yet arisen. But he said that back in April, he met, he was in New York. He invited Richard Haas and five others to meet with him. They had a discussion about events in Ukraine, which is absolutely normal. And he went back to Moscow and then he discovered and the Russians discovered. And we've covered this extensively over the last couple of months. We've the Russians discovered that a back channel between the U.S. government and themselves supposedly had been set up via Richard Haas and these people who Lavrov met in New York. And Lavrov said this is simply not true. We never had any kind of serious discussions with any of these people. But we have assessed this as the Americans trying to exert pressure on Ukraine. What they're trying to do is that they're trying to push the Ukrainians into starting negotiations with us about freezes of the conflict because they want a freeze of the conflict, but they don't want to negotiate directly with us 
but they want to scare the Ukrainians into doing this by giving the Ukrainians to think that if if the Ukrainians don't initiate these negotiations right away, then the Americans will step in and do it in their place. So this is a way of putting pressure on Zelensky. And I think Lavrov has got it absolutely right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I read that article and I was like, okay, this is a whole lot of, uh, of, of wishful thinking projection because it's actually the Biden White House that wants the freeze. I mean, that's obvious. They're desperate for a freeze or, or some sort of ceasefire or a pause as they enter the elections in uh, 2024. But they're throwing it all on the Russians. They're projecting everything onto Putin and uh, and the Russians. But you you know the, the the claim that a lot of this is meant to to scare the Alensky regime into uh, calling up Russia and engaging in negotiations is actually confirmed by the statement from Ukraine that they made the other day, which is that the New York Times is employing Russian propagandists who wrote this article, which kind of shows you that, you, that Ukraine may be onto, onto this game that the State Department is playing. It, it seems like they've realized what the State Department's trying to do, and now they're coming back and they're saying, uh, you know, the, the New York Times, they're carrying water for the Kremlin now by saying that Putin wants a ceasefire and he wants to freeze the conflict and they're writing about this in collective West media, and, and this is Russian propaganda. And as Ukraine, we're, we're going to fight on, and we're not going to give an inch of territory, and our goal is to, is to take this all the way to Crimea. I mean, they, they come back and they say the same statements that they always say, but it seems like they've caught on to what, uh, what the State Department is, is trying to do. Exactly. It, it's, it, I think if you think about it, it's absolutely obvious. So you have this Russian aircraft in, in Washington, D.C. As I said, I, I, I'm sure that's a routine flight. And you publish this article and the two together intended to, to, to scare people in Kiev. And, you know, behind the Ukrainian bluster, and I think you're right, I think the Ukrainians have seen through it. But it's highly likely that there will have been some anxious calls from Kiev to Washington, you know, what exactly is it going on? Is there really a big Russian delegation in DC at the moment? Who is speaking with them? All of this sort of thing. It, 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 this is what this is all about. And um, I think the other thing to say, and it, it, here we are ex exceptionally privileged, if I could say so as a new news channel, in that we've had two people who are guests, regular guests on the Duran, who've just been to Moscow, um, Alistair Crook and Larry Johnson. And they've just been to Moscow and they've had a number of meetings there with senior Russian officials, including one whom we are not going to name, but we know who it is, <laughs> can, can I just say. And, you know, this is somebody who, if negotiations really were taking place, would certainly know about them. And in fact, Larry Johnson has just made that very point in a piece that he's written on Sonar 21. Anyway, you can you could see the programs that we've done subsequent to that visit to Moscow by both Alistair Crook and by Larry Johnson. And you can also see what each of those people have written. And they say they've had meetings with the Russians, including with this particular Russian official. And the Russians have said they have no contacts, no substantive talk contacts with the Americans whatsoever. 
They found it impossible to conduct discussions. In fact, they're concerned about the fact that even on um, simple things like arms, well, not simple things, important things like arms control, never mind Ukraine, the Americans don't want to talk with them. That for the Americans to talk with the Russians, the Americans see it as toxic now. Now, so given that this is so, this is in such complete contradiction to what this New York Times article is spinning. That, I mean, it, it makes no sense. And you know, we know that that is what those Russian officials were telling Alistair Crook and Larry Johnson. And um, I don't believe those Russian officials were making it up. And they were actual Russian officials, not the fictional ones who are not even Russian officials that we see in this New York Times article. So just just a final thought. Um, so, so Lavrov, the Russians, they figured this out. They know what game is being played. It looks like Ukraine has figured this out. They know what's being played, what game is being played with all this uh, Putin ceasefire talk. You know who it seems hasn't figured this out and is in a panic? Are the uh, are the EU leaders and the leaders of the UK? It seems like they've been kept out of the loop of of this little uh, State Department psyop that they're trying to put together in order to pressure Ukraine into negotiations. Because you know, over the over the past couple of days, we've seen crazy panic statements from EU officials, from Borrell, uh, from the UK uh, Defense Secretary Grant uh, Shapps. You know, there's there's not enough money. There's we, we need to do everything we can to keep this war going. Uh, we have to give Ukraine everything. Borrell's like, you know, we have to we have to make sure that Ukraine uh, gets everything they need. And and you, you can see that they're in a bit of a panic. So I think this this uh, New York Times article really did fool them. And no, it really did freak them out bet- believing that Putin, that, that, that there's going to be some ceasefire being cooked up. And they're not even in the. In the know, yeah. they've been left out. Yeah. So I think they've bought into this this narrative. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. But you know, bear in mind that for them, they they what 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 we've discussed in various programs before. The thing that scares them most, even more than a total defeat of Ukraine, is the Americans and the Russians reaching an understanding with each other over their heads. And I mean, that really would have them in a terrible place. And this article plays to precisely that fear. (laughs) I don't know whether the Blinken crowd understand this, but it's almost exactly the kind of article that is going to have the Europeans in the greatest possible panic, which is one reason, by the way, that I'm absolutely sure that the Americans would not have shared this with the Europeans in advance, because, of course, had the Europeans seen anything like this, even as a psyop, they would have they would have been um, absolutely panic stricken uh, themselves. And they would have said, you know, please, under no circumstances, do this. Yeah, the EU really has been weakened a lot through all of this. Well, indeed. Well, indeed. Um, I mean, speaking of another guest of the Duran, I mean, Claire Daly did a tremendous speech about Ursula von der Leyen, <laughs> the unelected person who has led Europe into this uh, hole. And, you know, where she speaks, others will follow. I mean, there'll be an awful lot of people who are in, in the parliament chamber who will be 
perhaps very angry with Claire Daly for saying things like that, but who will secretly also understand that she's making a valid point. Yeah, very powerful speech from Claire Daly. All right, we will end it there. The Duran.locals.com. We are on Odyssey, Rumble, BitChute, Telegram, Rockfin, and Twitter X. And go to the Duran shop, 20% off. Use the code Christmas20. Take care.